Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day it is that you're joining us. This is the Tulsa World Scene Podcast, and I'm joined here by the lovely and talented Jimmy Trammell and the lovelier and talented Grace Wood to talk about all things uh, uh, cultural, both highbrow and lowbrow, um, and a few other things that that come to mind. Um Somewhere in the middle, I guess, of of, of, of the brows is uh, the whole uh, culture of comic books. Um, and Jimmy, uh, tell us a little bit about what you have, what's up for your weekend. Well, on Saturday, I will be at the Prior Creek Comic Convention all day long in Prior, Oklahoma on the fairgrounds, Saturday, October 15th from 10 to 5. Uh, six years ago, the Prior Area Arts Council uh, said, hey, we'd like to do a uh, Comic-Con, but we don't really know much about the comic part of the deal. So uh, they knew I had some connections. And ever since then, we've been partnering for a comic and pop culture convention that benefits the Prior Arts Council. It's five bucks to get in. We've got uh, Muriel Ferion, the creator of Strawberry Shortcake and the Care Bears. She's a really popular guest. And uh, our co-worker, John Woolley, will be there, a former co-worker, John Woolley, as an author guest. And uh, cash prize, costume contest, all kind of fun stuff for five bucks on fall break. It's a hard uh, bargain to beat. Well, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned costumes, and Grace kind of perked up a little bit there. I saw that. <laughs> Grace is coming in costume. You didn't know this? She's oh, gonna, okay. She's going to be in the cash prize cosplay contest yeah i'm dressing up as a care bear <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome <laughs> i would pay i would pay five dollars to see that <laughs> <laughs> um jimmy what are some of the most memorable costumes you've seen over the past six years doing the oh gosh well that, that area of fandom has really exploded with people putting so much time and energy uh into their costumes uh, boy, I, I wish I could say one that stands out above all the rest, but I'm I'm really not sure. It's I think we said this about the fair, but because of the costumes, it's just a great place for people watching. For sure, or creature watching, depending on yeah. what they're. We're, clo we're close to Halloween, sure. Their costume, <laughs> their costumes are well. Um, now the the. Uh, Cons conventions are 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 all over the place, um, and so many of them uh, more and more seem to be uh, movie or uh, driven or or animation uh, driven. Um, it is prior a little unique because it focuses more on comic books rather than. I mean, I mean, I, I doubt you have a budget, you know, to bring in Steven Spielberg or something like that. But um... we have had celebrity guests over the years. And to tell a secret, I did try to bring in some people from Reservation Dogs uh, to be guests this year, but it just didn't quite work out. Uh, we we have had celebrity guests. Misty Rowe, my buddy from Hee Haw, has been with us before. Uh, we've had a Power Ranger and other things. But you're you're so right in that. What used to be Comic Cons uh, in you know dingy dark hotels with some comic dealers and Star Trek folks have become pop culture conventions that encompass everything, uh, you know movies, TV, music, and I ask people, uh, 
the, they say, should I come to the con? I say, do you like stuff? Uh, <laughs> because if you like stuff, we're going to have stuff and there'll be something that you like. You didn't know you wanted it, but when you see it, you're going to buy it because you like stuff. That said, as a comic book person, as a comic book purist, there's nothing worse than a Comic-Con with no comics. And we have always placed a priority on having comics. I think of our 80-some tables, at least maybe 35 have or have comics. Well, it is interesting. I mean, I mean, in 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 uh in, in kind of watching from afar the evolution of these. I mean, I remember when they were science fiction conventions. That was how sure. they were built. And and it was primarily uh novelists were were the big draws. Um, I remember going to one in the Mayo Hotel where the Mayo Ballroom, which is, you know, the footprint of the of, of the hotel itself, practically, that was the book room. And it was nothing but dealers of, of uh, secondhand and, and first print books and, um, you know, autographed copies by, you know, who knows who. Uh, and I've attended a couple others in subsequent years, and they've shifted from uh, being called a science fiction convention to a fantasy convention mm -hmm. to comic cons. Uh, kind of that was kind of the progression. Sure. Whether that's uh, actually accurate or just my very no, blinkered more, way of seeing the world, they were more "quote unquote" literary back in the day. I think in the Oklahoma science fiction writers will have a table at the prior Comic-Con. So there's still that element. Grace, what celebrity could I get that would get you to, to Prior Creek Comic-Con? What mm -hmm. person out there would guarantee Grace showing up at the con? Well, it's actually three people. Um, I think it would have to be the hosts of the last podcast on the left. Do either of you ever listen to that show? No. Or have you heard of it before? Um, it's like a true crime um, show and they kind of break down like famous true crime cases and like ufo sightings and just all things kind of weird and mysterious and they yeah. actually have written two comic books so they frequent the comic-con circuit quite a bit so i think if they were at the prior comic-con i would be first in line huh i have to investigate this that sounds cool yeah yeah they're awesome i don't know i i um i have more than enough stuff uh in my As life do I. Yeah. and uh um there come there comes a point when you you know you ask yourself you know why do i have all this stuff um and uh my, my mother's uh answer to that is so you can have better garage sales but um uh i don't i don't know it it's probably the only hmm well, I, 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 I probably, I, the only celebrity that I might go out to see, I've already seen twice. And so I don't know that I need to uh, see that again, but it is Stephen King. Oh, okay, cool. That's a good one. And um, I've already got his autograph. Very cool. He came to the University of Oklahoma in, uh, this is November of um, 82. Um, 
and did a did, did a lecture that was you know very entertaining. And then my uh, my writing teacher, one of the writing teachers in the class, uh, had a special thing with him where he would he would talk and 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 sign books. Um, and then um, about four years ago, Magic City Books brought him in for a big event at the Canes Ballroom that I covered. And I remember him saying at that time that this was his first time ever to come to Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wait a minute, I have proof. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure. He didn't come to, it was the first time probably to be in Tulsa, definitely. But he said it was just Oklahoma period. And then I was reading his, um, I think it was his book on writing, where he said that in the early 80s, from about 1981 to 1983, uh, he was badly addicted to cocaine to the point that he says he does not remember writing the novel Cujo. Wow. And he was working on that during his time here in Oklahoma. So it it's now understandable why he doesn't remember ever coming to Oklahoma. Sure. Wow. But, um, uh, but yeah, so that's... Um, you showed us that autograph, and this, and this is kind of a different question, but I'm not an autograph person who goes to shows to pay for celebrity autographs. James, you have Stephen King's autograph. Is there a celebrity I did not pay for that. I did not pay for that. You didn't pay for it, but you have no, it. I have it. Is there a celebrity out there that, and a lot of times we're not uh, awed because we talk to these kind of people all the time. So we're not in uh, awe or reverence or anything else. We just treat them like people. But are are there any celebrities out there, Grace and James, that you would pay for their autograph? I think Stevie Nicks, uh, hmm. because I have, well, I haven't hung it up yet in my new apartment, but I have like a framed picture of her on my wall. So I would probably get that autographed and hang it up. I love her. I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, again, I'm not, uh, there's only been, and I, unfortunately, I couldn't find it uh, to prove it, but there's only been one time I have specifically gone someplace to get somebody's autograph, mm -hmm. and it was the writer Pat Conroy, who wrote um, The Great Santini and uh, the, the, the Lords of Discipline, The Prince of Tides, and he had just come out with The Prince of Tides, and I specifically went to a bookstore in Tulsa to get him autograph my copy of it. And then the other one that I would would be Neil oh, Gaiman, okay. which um, he, he he signed this for me using a fountain pen filled with a ink that he said he chose because it was the closest color to dried blood that he could find. <laughs> so well. that's just you know. We fountain pen aficionados do some weird things. So, okay. Well, uh, just curious, Jimmy, what was the first comic book you ever bought with your own there, money? There's no telling. It could have okay. been anything. Probably some Richie Riches and then morphed into uh, some DC and Marvel stuff. And I can remember some of the first that I bought. I can remember where I bought them, like what store and where the spinner rack was. I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but I can remember that, you know. <laughs> uh, the, Kind of a wild thing, though, is uh, I had three. 
I have roots in Mays County and Pryor. Three of my uncles worked for the paper mill uh, there in Pryor, the industrial park. And that they knew that I liked comics as a kid. And they would bring me bales, bales of coverless comics that had been sent to the paper mill to be recycled. I don't know how legal this all was, but they brought them to me. Uh, and then uh, I think the statute of limitations has lapsed. But anyway, but back in the day, the stores had to do that. The, the, they were sent to the stores. And if you didn't sell it, you could you could get your money back from the publisher. But you had to tear the cover off, send the cover to the publisher. Then the coverless comics go to recycling. And so, uh, but in the years since, I've replaced all those coverless comics with the covered version because I just couldn't stand to have the, the coverless version uh, with me. And I was prepared to drive to Cincinnati to get Paul Williams' autograph, Little Enos from Smokey and the Bandit, at a con about a month ago, but then he canceled. So then I said, oh, if I can't get Little Enos' autograph, I'm not going to, you know. Most of the autographs I would want, they passed away. I, I want Darren McGavin. I want Tom uh, Laughlin from Billy Jack. I'd love to have James Garner, but uh, those gentlemen have all passed. I would settle for uh, Stuart Margolin, who was Angel Martin on Rockford. That'd be great. I'd take yeah. that autograph. I just remember stories of, I think it was the humorous Robert Benchley that would uh, visit people's houses and then go through their um, uh, their 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 bookshelves and and autograph books that you know, like they take down a collected works of William Shakespeare and write, you know, to Robert, you know, great job. Love your, love your work. Willie shakes, you know, that kind of a thing. But I'm sure. How about you, Grace? Are, 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 are you a comic book aficionado at all? No, I haven't collected any comic books, but I do think it would be a cool thing to get into. I, I have like a record collection. That's probably the closest thing, but hmm. no comic books for me. Okay. Well, James, what you said about having too much stuff, oh. that exactly is how a collector becomes a dealer. It's like, <laughs> we'll look around and say, I have too much stuff. How much is your table rate for the next show? And then, and then there you go. There you go. Well, that's, that is that. So it is kind of like a garage sale. Okay. But uh, I just found it, found it interesting that uh, Richie Rich is a gateway drug, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> do, do we want to promote any of our stuff in the paper before we get out of here yeah we should probably say what what we what we do in our real lives um uh what have you got coming up uh, uh miss wood for for us this weekend um saturday world of homes i have a story about a local horticulturist slash artist slash self-described mad scientist named tyler thrasher and he's a really cool guy. He has invented his own plants, like cultivated different strains of plants. Um, he grows his own crystals. He's been featured on like Netflix shows, like totally cool guy. And he just came out with a book um, that's kind of like a guide for houseplants, kind of teaching people how to best take care of different species of houseplants and how to make their own soil if they want to and how to track the growth of their plants across the seasons and stuff like that. So I sat down with him in his um, garage turned greenhouse where he has like hundreds of plants, just leaves hitting you in the face, just so many plants. And I talked to him about his new book and all the other stuff he's working on. So that'll come out this Saturday. Okay. Jimmy, what you've got coming up? It was my week to talk to people whose names start with the letters ELV because I have interviews with Elvira and Elvin Bishop. Elvira. Uh, El Elvira has the, uh, we talked to her a year ago when our 
her memoir came out. It's very good. It's, I love it. And then uh, it's now being released in paperback. So she's doing media interviews again. And, you know, of course you say, yes, I'll talk to you again. And you talk to Elvira and we've got a Friday story. Um, Elvin Bishop is turning 80. Uh, Tulsa musician, best known for Fool Around and Fell in Love, but it's not his only uh, claim to fame. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I really enjoyed talking to Elvin Bishop and getting his story, his basically uh, life at 80 so far story. Okay. All right. Well, we, have, we have an interview with um, the actress who is playing the role, role of Anna in the touring production of Disney's Frozen. Uh, she has been a part of the show um, since she, she was part of, of, of the original workshop productions. I mean, she goes back before it was a thing. Uh, that production, like everything else on Broadway, shuttered in March of 2020. And the producers just said, we're just going to close the show completely. And she had been in the ensemble and an understudy and had never been able to be promoted up to the lead role. And so they, uh, when the, she got the call earlier this year that they needed a, a new Anna and would she do it? And so she's, she's finally getting, fi finally getting her chance to, to, to own the spotlight uh, in, in that show. And we also talk with Theater Tulsa. They are doing Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, they're doing it a little differently. They have a cast that is almost entirely uh, people of color, um, which um, is going to make, make it a little bit different. But uh, uh, that's coming up. And Gilcrease uh, Museum has been closed since last year, July of last year. Um, to make way for a completely new museum. But the uh, Gilcrease is started a program called Gilcrease in Your Neighborhood. It officially launches October 21st, where they're going to be uh, putting reproductions of uh, a select image from the museum's collection at more than 30 locations around the area. Um, there'll be... Um, a whole bunch of information and programming that go with it from uh, QR codes to uh, create an augmented reality view of the painting to uh, festivals and lectures and, and all kinds of things. So that'll be coming up. That's what all that we got coming up this, this, this Sunday as well. So, well, I think, I think we've covered more than our share of the waterfront this, this week. So on behalf of uh, our colleagues, uh, we want to wish you a pleasant good day, and we will see you next time. Behave. Bye.